we're good. good. That's we're good. good. We're good. We're good. Uh, so, some of you, this is your first time uh, in this class and in this uh, for this series. And so, actually, next week is going to be like a full recap of what we were talking about. We'll kind of touch over all the different things kind of one more time before we end. Uh, but to kind of catch you up, for those of you who are brand new, this is the DTRs of life. And many of you have heard of the phrase DTRs, mainly when it comes to dating relationships. You know, we're defining um, the relationship. We're having that conversation about what are we, um, um, are we just gonna hold hands the whole time? You know, are we gonna become BF and GF? Because uh, I know none of you, just all you do in here is just hold hands with you know, <laughs> potential mates, right? Nobody kisses in here, right? Sinners. <laughs> so, so embarrassed. So a funny story about that. I, lo- I don't, can't wait. I can't wait. When I was in the youth group, oh, my, okay. my, um, <laughs> my youth minister told me the first time I kissed my wife was on our wedding day. That's So I left thinking that, man, he was such an uprighteous person that he did not kiss while he was dating. I then understood, as I got older, that what he really meant by that was the literal truth, that the first time he kissed his wife was on his wedding day. Because it wasn't his wife before then. It was, and so... If any of your youth ministers oh. played that joke on you, it's a lie, that's people. Clever. Kissing is okay. <laughs> I'm a little and better that's about the class. that. There you go. <laughs> have a good, have a good, have a good Sunday. <laughs> How was Sunday class? Well, <laughs> it's official. We can it's, kiss. It's official. Um, so, but we decided to take this phrase of DTRs and really expand it and really go deeper in it. And in that. There's so many different relationships and situations in your life as college students, as recent grads, that you are you are redefining and uh, continually defining. And that can be within your family, kind of like how we define a relationship between mom and dad. And okay, I'm now in college, or I'm now getting out of college. I'm staying here for the summer. Like how we define a relationship, whether it's with friends, whether it's with um, uh, yourself. So, so many different ways in which you kind of define the relationship. So that's kind of what we've been talking about this summer. And today, uh, we're kind of going to, I guess, recap what a little bit about what happened last week, and then we'll go a little bit deeper today in talking about co-workers and bosses and the life of, of work. Is that right? Yeah, that's my understanding. Okay. So... Yep, last week, you want to kind of give a little Sure. Uh, does anybody who was here want to recap? Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. I'd rather hear, from, I'd rather hear what you took away from it than what I, what I said. No. Okay. I mean, I see people in here that were here last week, so <laughs> I will look at you and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay, well, we talked about... Um, talked about a lot of things I guess and I guess what it kind of ended up being was we talked about calling and um, and whether you feel called to do something 
as a profession um, or whether you don't know what that calling might be and that's okay and if you do feel called to do something you don't have to get paid for it it can just be something that you're super passionate about um, and do on the side you can go and work at a job to get money so that you can support your calling or your passion whatever um, and so we just kind of talked about um, the whole uh, what is God's will for us in our lives and does that does that go hand in hand with calling and passion and things like that so yeah any anybody else that I know everyone's talking to one so throw <laughs> 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 anything else out that we that I missed. That's no. that was the gist. Major gist. It was okay. a great conversation. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on that, David? Well, always. Um, but I'm more curious about how many people in here believe that it is only the minister's job to make Christians. So nobody does. So that means inherently that you all admit that it's your job to make Christians. Uh, let me see some shakings of heads because I mean, if you're if if that's if you're if it's not this person's job, then it ha is all right. Well, let's let's yeah. remove the lawyer side. Does everyone in here agree that it's someone's job <laughs> to make a Christian? Okay, we're getting some shakes here. So therefore, if it's not the preacher's job, and it is someone's job, then that means it requi requires us to be involved. So, <clears throat> how many people in here are going to be a minister, a professional paid minister? Any? You got one, two in the back. All right, maybe so. We're not really sure. Maybe maybe I should not use the word paid. Maybe I should not use the word paid. But so. What does it mean to be a Christian and bring people light when we're in the workplace? That's the, that's, for me, I had no desire to be a minister. But as I've gotten older, I'm realizing more and more that I have to be the same person that I am at church than I am at work. And that Sunday to Monday conversion is scary at times that occurs in my life. So, how many people in here have had those moments where you have a really encouraging moment at church and then Monday is a train wreck? Every week. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I, I get a little excited and I'll stand up, so just bear with me. But I, I think I, I was talking with someone two weekends ago. And we, were, we were talking about how to... Um, live our lives as uh, as healthy people and he goes I'm really struggling at work because I have a co-worker who loves to talk about his exploits he loves to talk about all the different dates he's been on all the different women he's been with and I don't know how to respond that's tough because you this is a coworker. You don't know where he is in his spiritual walk, and you will know where you want to be. So, all I told him was, "Be yourself. 
and say, you know, whether that's say, you know, whether that's you want to be the confrontational person to say, you know, I, I really don't appreciate that. I really prefer if, if we change the subject. Or if you're not the confrontational person and you kind of want to just slyly change the topic and never bring it up again, you know, he can go, why in the world do you, you talk about, you know, your horse hobby when all of a sudden I talk about sex? You know, it's, it, but, sorry, random. My wife, I told, I warned my wife that it is a fly by the seat of the pants morning. So she, okay. she should oh, be prepared. Wow. This is great. <laughs> Glad and, to be here. And she said the spirit was going to move tonight, to the to morning. So, <laughs> so, so I think, I think the, the question that we're, that I'm thinking of, but defining the relationship when it comes to bosses, when it comes to coworkers, is how to have those kind of conversations. It may not be where you're gonna end up being best friends. It may not be where you even bring that person to Christ completely, but your responsibility is to be light. And sometimes all that means is just saying, this is, where, this is how I feel about the situation, and let God do the rest. And I think that oftentimes we think that we have to be the person who preaches dunks and disciples all at the same time. And that's not, that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be light. And I, when you define the relationship in, in the workplace, it's going to get hairy. Because in here, it's safe. We all chose to come here this morning. I don't see anyone that feels under duress. So how do we go about that? So in, in asking that question, how many people feel confident sharing their faith at work? Caleb, you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, um, so I have a, most of my coworkers, actually my boss, I went to church with over with so like some of my coworkers in upper management are pretty strong faith believers but a lot of the guys that are on kind of like the same level as me are kind of burnt out um, one guy's a Catholic but he goes two maybe three times a year unless there's a you know special event with family and another guy grew up Church of Christ but got burned out by the hypocrisy of the bunch of different churches that him and his family went to and, um, so it's just one of those things where, you know, like, they'll, they'll bring up something but have, like, a skewed view on what the scripture actually says about, you know, anything. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those where they'll be like, I don't, I don't think you're seeing the, view, the, the real beauty of what it's actually supposed to mean. And uh, it's kind of cool because there'll be times when we kind of converse for a good, like, half hour or so just over, you know, what did God actually mean when he did this or what is what does scripture actually say about it or um, is this more of a cultural thing or is this a human problem is it, and so there's actually times when they'll, they'll like sometimes it comes off as like sarcastic to me but you know I, I always try to flip it into like a you know it's actually kind of a, a beautiful thing a really cool thing um, so like you know I, I'm not going to push it on you but if you want to like know more you know, so you kind of take what they're saying and you show the beauty of it like the, the beauty of verse. So who in here doesn't feel comfortable sharing their faith? 
you in the back? Yeah. Um, it's not that I'm not comfortable, but I teach middle and high school students, and so it's not allowed mm. for me to share my faith. And so you kind of have to think of different ways to show it to be like, whether it's just like being kind to your students, really connecting with them, um, and listening to what their faiths are and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily that you are scared to do something <coughs> legally you can't do. Right. Otherwise, you'll lose your job, which is kind of really scary. Are you, are you, sorry, are you allowed to say things like, at church yesterday, I heard this awesome story. You're not able. You're not That's dangerous territory. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I just, not. I, wasn't sure. I don't think I could get fired for that, but I would probably get pulled into a video. Gotcha. If, especially if a parent was concerned. Interesting. I would say that you are sharing your faith mm-hmm. by being nice. But but those things you just said, I think sometimes our actions speak so much louder than our words ever will. <laughs> to speak to that because I have worked in education for a while. Um, I was in public education and I taught in colleges, but um, I found that um, some of my students, um, like I never openly shared, you know, that I was a Jesus person, but I found that just by the way I lived my life, I would frequently have students who would come to me and they knew already, you know, and so and if, they, if it's a more of a one-on-one or a small group conversation and they openly started it, you know, yeah. then it you know, just brought the opportunity to, you know, say, oh, okay, you know, then I could talk about it a little bit more openly. I don't know if you've experienced that. I hope you do. It's, it's wonderful when you do. Cool. I, Go ahead. No. Okay. You're fine. <laughs> I, um, I think that... One of the assumptions that I made when I was, as I look upon this brand new batch of people going into college for, for this new school year, the assum- one of the assumptions that I made going into college was that everyone who was going to this Christian college or even a state college but a part of this campus ministry was a Christian. And that's not true. And the joy that y'all have of being among people who you can help with and walk this road through, whether on whatever level of belief they have, this is an awesome gift that y'all have. And while we're talking about coworkers today and bosses, and that doesn't always equate very well with college students, because maybe you've never had a job before or maybe you've only worked for your parents or a friend from church but your co-workers are right now your fellow students and you know while Caleb is out of college and is having you know where he can't have these faith conversations with his co-workers you will be have you will be having these faith conversations with fellow students and I think a very good component of a good DTR is being willing to listen. If you're not willing to listen to someone else, share where they are in life, it's gonna be really hard for you, for them to in turn listen to what you have to say. And so I think a good quality of a DTR is having good ears to hear what they're saying. Even when you, as I am really bad about doing, having back of my mind, my mind is thinking of the defense that I'm about to lay upon this person who is sharing this thing that I do not agree with. Put down the defense 
and just listen. Because that's going to, going back to the action speaking more, that's going to be what that person's going to remember about any conversation they have with you if that person really listens. He may not agree with me, but he really listens. And that's what I, while I want to be a Jesus speaker, I would prefer to be a Jesus listener who really listens to people because I can't feel empathy for that person who's going through who's going through crap in their life right now but doesn't have Jesus. How how can I empathize with them and how can I really help them if if they don't have Jesus but I'm not being Jesus to them? So I just think as I was thinking about it, I just think listening is so important. So sorry. My uh, I struggle with pride a lot. I think that, um, and I'm very loyal. I'm a very loyal person. And so, like, if somebody comes at Patrick, you better watch out. Like, it's not it's not like a mama bear thing. It's a no, no, no. He's my friend. Like, what do you think you're doing? And it's a very it's it's a very prideful thing. So as soon as someone comes at me with something, I automatically go to go to my defense mode. And my biggest regrets from my 20s. I just turned 31, so I can say in my 20s. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to class. Um, my biggest regret in my 20s not was kidding. not listening. And was, if someone said something, oh, well, I have an answer to that. And well, you can't do that. And you can't say this. And speaking so much, um, so much confidence in something that I just didn't know about. Um, but I thought I did because I grew up going to church, and I read my Bible, and I pray, and I'm, you know, like, my grandfather's a preacher. Like, I can speak to this. And in reality, looking back on those conversations, I was, I'm so embarrassed by the things that I said to people because of my pride, because I wasn't listening. All I was doing was trying to figure out, well, how can I show them that they're wrong because I know that Jesus is the right thing. So I'm going to say terrible. You know, you're never going to bring people to Jesus that way. You're never going to show the light that way. Josh says way more, Josh Graves says way more eloquently all the time. You got to be prepared, prepared now for things that are to come. Um, You know, someone that's in the military doesn't just run off to Afghanistan and like, good luck. You know, like they prepare for months and years for one specific mission. And so if we don't prepare now or in our lives now for a conversation in the future or for situations in the future, then we're not going to be ready for those. And we're going to misspeak and be embarrassed and, you know, when you look back. But a way to prepare is to listen to your peers, to your, to your um, classmates, to your professors. Just listen to what they're saying. And let that be a challenge to you to let you figure out what, what it is you really do believe so that when you're 25, 30, whatever, you can have an educated conversation about it. And it can be a conversation, not a, well, that's not right, okay? Like, that's not what it is. And just FYI, this is really good information for your significant other as well. Like, for you working with your significant okay. other, like, you need to learn how to listen. It's, it's hard. Yeah, Michael. Um. I guess to attest to that, because um, the whole listening thing is, because um, I think this year will mark uh, about a year since I was baptized. 
and for the longest time I didn't believe in God. I well, I was yeah I didn't necessarily conspire to the whole Christianity thing, and a lot of it was just because I had a lot of neighbors and a lot of people who I would have conversations with them and I would talk with them and ask questions. They would start getting defensive, tell me I was wrong, tell me that you were you were uh, not as good of a person because I don't believe that kind of thing. And then I went to college. Surprisingly, um, God told me, you need to go to Lipscomb. Surprisingly, I thought it was crazy, but God said, when you go there, that's where all the money is. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly where I went. And I was like, this is really awkward. I have to go to chapel. I don't, you know, I don't like all this stuff. It's just terrible. But then I met, uh, I met one friend, uh, Austin Humphreys. He just, he just listened. No, he wouldn't badger me. He would just let listen and just have a conversation with me. And he's like, you know, Sundays you don't do much of anything, so why don't you just come to church with me and just, just come and hang out? And because of that, that started me on a path to where I feel so much better with myself every single day because you know I, I follow this all the time. And it's just when you are kind and you listen and you just have conversations with people. That's that's when you're going to chapel. Thanks, Mark. Zach? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times um, in, in stuff like this where we're worried to talk about it, wow, everyone's turning around. That's what you get for sitting in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at least half of it, if not more, is us projecting our fear onto other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times people don't have an issue with Christianity, they have an issue with Christians. Um, and so I've, I've found a lot of times in those when I'm worried, in those situations where I'm worried to talk about my faith, when I end up doing it, they're really receptive to it um, because I've built up that rapport with them where they, they know me as a person um, and they know that my intentions are good. Um, a lot of times when people are burnt out, they're burnt out with specific people who are burned up for them. Um, so I think um, in my experience when I've had these conversations um, building up that friendship first has made a world of difference um, making sure that you're not just approaching it from these religious platitudes and making sure that you're doing it on a personal level um, where it's because you care for the other person and they care for you um, I think that makes a world of difference I think well, I think added to that, you know, talk about the relationship component. Part of that is admitting your faults. And as Christians sometimes, especially when we're among other Christians, we get really afraid of admitting that we make mistakes. But I find that it actually amplifies when I'm with non-Christians who I've talked to about Christianity because if they, if they know that I make a mistake, they're going to immediately label me a hypocrite. When the truth is, we're human. Like, we are going to make mistakes. I'm going to be a, a bad influence sometime in my life. That's just, I, I'm going to be that way. I would rather admit it and confess it, even to non-Christians. I'm sorry the way I treated you the other day. That was really poor taste. That is more of a witness to what Christ is doing in my life than if I don't say anything at all and don't apologize or be afraid to apologize because, oh, he's going to think I'm a hypocrite. But 
let's let's be real with people rather than feel like we have to have this false pretense of who we are and whose we are. Well, I can speak to that a little bit. Um, so, especially when you talk about asking for forgiveness and apologizing, and especially as it relates to the workplace. And I don't know in your life of work, like some of you have had jobs, some of you have not, but for sure some of you have been, and all of you have been in some type of relationship with other people. And what you know is when someone apologizes to you, it is the most um, disarming thing to the person <laughs> receiving the apology. Because we are people who don't apologize often. We like to think that we are people who want to, we are, we're all about receiving, like uh, giving out the forgiveness. I forgive this person. I forgive those people for what they did. But when you actually are the one asking for the apology or you're the one like in front of someone who's saying, I'm sorry for that thing, you're just like, it's, it's cool, man. You don't know what to do because it's like, how do I even, you're, 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 you're forgiven because then you feel like you're the Pope all of a sudden. You're forgiven. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's so, it's so weird. And so I think that then goes back to like, this is the kind of person that I am in the world. Is that I'm a person who sees that I've made a misstep, sees that I've wronged you, and I'm going to seek forgiveness. And I'm going to do that not just by, you know, buying you something or being really nice to you. But like, I'm literally going to look at you in the eye, and I'm going to say to you, I'm sorry for that thing. And I'm going to come. It's like people, when faced with someone who is truly trying to humble themselves, it, it, I don't know if you ever had it happen, but it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Because we don't do it very often. We don't get to experience it very often. I'll also say that all this that we're talking about, it all stems back to how you want your life to move in the rhythm of life you're keeping. Like all of this is not something that happens just on accident. You don't become a person who listens. You don't become a person who shares your faith. You don't become a person who is slow to anger just by rushing through the weeks, rushing through your day, waking up, you know, because think about how we wake up into a day. For a lot of us, it's you get up, you're because you've already hit the alarm seven times, um, and you've got alarms all over the room because that's how you're going to get up because you can't have it just in one place. So you're like, I'm putting one over here, and then it's like you wake up, and then instead of like having time to really be present in the day, we're just off into the day, not co not having a time to collect our thoughts, not having a time to really say, this is how I want to be in this day. We just get up and go. And then we wonder why we react the way we react, why we respond the way we respond, why we live the way we live. It's because we, we have these unhealthy rhythms of life. And so if you want to live in this kind of flow and live in this way of like, I want to be acting and behaving in the way that Jesus acted and behaved, it, then behave, then behave it, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I slip into King James. <laughs> That's how divine that is, I am. That is, that is how you roll. I slip, I slip into the most inaccurate <laughs> translation of the Bible. No big deal. Um, <laughs> um, For all have fallen short. Well, yes. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. 
that's all I'll say to that. And I, and I would say even back to, no, that's all I'll say for that. That's all I'm saying right now. So where I work, it is, I would say about 80% crit, uh, Jesus people. Like there are, and even the other five, 15% believe somewhat. But I have one individual who is a proclaimed atheist. And when he was hired, I immediately started feeling awkward about the way our company acted at times. Because up to that point, like every staff meeting, uh, we would have lunch together and we would pray before, you know, there would just be this awkward moment of, oh, I have this atheist, you know, the token atheist in our, you know. Um, but I had two coworkers who interacted with him vastly different. I had one who she was a, a firecracker and she just knew that she was going to convert him. Like she just knew it. And so she went after him and he put up every single wall known to man. And it got ugly to the point where she he didn't just want to be around her. Had another coworker who was a part-time youth minister and he just became friends with him. And so now they have the Pastor and the Atheist podcast where they sit and they just talk about life and they, you know, they have a really healthy, beautiful friendship. Now, he still is an atheist, but I've watched in the past year and a half as he has been with our company, yeah, he thinks the fact that we pray before our staff meeting is a little creepy at times, but... I felt that way too when I first started, just because it's not it's not something I'm used to doing. You know, I'm used to being in the work world and then church. There's two separate places, and don't let me confuse the two. But I think what that showed me was the number of conversations that my atheist coworker and my other coworker have had to have to have maintained this friendship has been numerous. They have had knockout, dragout fights, but they stayed friends at the end. They have survived moves, like the, the pastor portion has moved to another state, and they're still remaining friends, and they're still staying in contact. So there is a, there's a place to which we are called to be friends with people and not feel like that there has to be a a mandate of you have to dump that person tomorrow you know I, I think we live in a world where we forget sometimes that God does the work like we want to be that person to do this when the truth is God does this and I think that at least as I've been teaching this class one of the things that has the theme that has been throughout is that in every single relationship whether it's our parents our siblings, our, our fellow you know, students, our roommates, you name it, God's the one doing the work in the relationship. You know, I'm having to put in some effort, and that other person's having to put in some effort, but the truth is, God's the one that's producing the growth. And I think if we will continue to let God work and acknowledge that sometimes we just need to back away out of trying to fix things and let God work, those DTRs, those trying to figure out how is this relationship going to work, it will work itself out. It may not be pretty, 
but a lot of things that take hard work are rarely pretty. Okay, let's hear from all of you all. I want to hear some thoughts about the discussion we're having, and then uh, then we're gonna kind of land the plane here. So, and it can be it can be something random, you know, not too random. Like, oh, please make it random. We don't want to hear your thoughts on Ryan Lochte, like I just. <laughs> <laughs> other comments? One thing I was thinking uh, recently this week, uh, it's in John 5, verse 19, and they're questioning Jesus about his authority and like, why is he doing himself on the Sabbath? And he goes, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whether their father does, the son also does. Um, and it's kind of just put a new light on everything that Jesus did, was Jesus said he literally modeled everything that he did on what God would do. 
and that also came with relationships. You know, the people he was the most harsh with were was Peter, who was his best friend, and the religious elite who said they were living for God, but their heart, he even says, I see your hearts, they are not, they do not love God. But if you notice, any of the sinners that came up to him, any of the people that we would think are like, you know, I don't know about that guy or that, that lady, he was super nice, super friendly, and he would have conversations with the animals and talk with them. And uh, I just think that's kind of interesting, you know, we get this like, we're like, I want to correct everything, but it's really God saying like, just just start at the most basic level, which is sitting around the table with people, or you know, giving a cup of water to my friend his name, you know. Which is a great transition, because this afternoon, after church, we'll have the chance to get around the table at the Doer's house. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah. So, um, so, David and Dia Doer are going to be hosting all of you and whoever else we pick up along the way um, at their home for lunch. Do we are you do we want to reveal what the menu is or is it a surprise? I mean it's barbecue and uh, that you've barbecued or yes. you and roasted roasted vegetables, um, deviled eggs, baked beans, um, something else. This is all free, people. This is all free. And uh, Susan's also bringing a cake. Susan's bringing yeah. a cake? Yeah. If you never had a Susan's cake, well, people, let's just, this is out of control. I just want to say that Uh-oh. I tried something new. Uh-oh. Oh, I, I love it. I think it's going to be good. The decoration is weird, and I apologize, but it's... <laughs> so I also have spicy brownies. Spicy well. brownies. People. So there's the address. Don't listen. The calf is not going to be this good. I can promise you that. <laughs> Wherever you thought about spending twelve dollars a day, that's not going to be better than what you're about to have here. So just come here and eat free food and enjoy a wonderful time at the doer's home. But if you prefer to spend $15 on a mediocre meal or eat in the calf, by all means, go and do that and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. But <laughs> I would encourage you to come to the doers. It's going to be great. After uh, second service. After second service. Uh, what else I was going to mention? Uh, oh, yeah, tonight is Zao. If you don't know what Zao is, I don't, I don't have, we don't have time to explain it. Just show up at 9 p.m. at the well <laughs> and on Granny White next to Lipscomb and your mind will be melted with the awesomeness that happens in that space at 9 p.m. I mean, we might speak in tongues. I don't know. I got translators on deck, so we can do whatever we want to do. I'm following the Bible. Fireside Chats on Tuesday night. Fireside Chats, which is a, a, a thing that Grant and I have been doing this summer. Poor Grant has been a faithful Fireside Chatter. And the last time that was, it was him the fire and one other person. So come hang out with Grant and I on Tuesday nights. And it was a it was a large chicken nugget, chicken nugget tray there. So really it was like it was really like it was like a like a you know I don't know what you described that moment, but uh, it was a moment. So um, yes, but thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're here. For those of you that are new, welcome. 
I would encourage you to interact with each other as you're walking to the sanctuary to worship or if you're leaving. But uh, we'll be here next week. And then even next week, I'll share what our fall class is going to be. It's going to be so on fire. This was fire. This is going to be even more on fire. And, and we don't take any offense to that because no. that's how good it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be, be good. Okay, let me pray for us uh, and then we'll be done. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this conversation. Um, we know that this conversation comes because we're rooted in you and we're trying to live out uh, these, these scriptures that we have um, just made our, made our lives uh, purpose surrounded around. And um, so just thank you for David and for Susan and for all of the folks in this room. Um, may you be with us as we go in the workplace, as we deal with bosses and coworkers. Just bless those conversations, bless those interactions. Help us live intentional lives um, each and every day. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. All right. Peace.